You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget, you can tell all of your smart devices to play podcast Locked On Pelicans. Again, that's play podcast Locked On Pelicans, and the latest episode will be right there for you. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday. It's Christmas Eve. Happy holidays, no matter what you're celebrating to you. Not so good for the Pelicans, though, certainly in the midst of a losing streak. We're going to recap the loss to the Lakers, recap the loss to the Kings, and the crunch time woes that come with it. And then we'll talk a little bit more about Anthony Davis, the Lakers, and him leaving, wanting to stay, what have you. Kind of clarify that just a little bit more since that's been kind of the main topic here this past week. We still got to touch on it. Hopefully, we can move past it from here now that we've gone past this Lakers game. Later in the week, I don't think we'll have a podcast tomorrow, but certainly. Certainly, there'll be a couple more throughout this week. Told you guys I'd make it up to you after being sick and missing a number of podcasts earlier in the year. We're going to do it this week. We got to look at the crunch time woes for the Pelicans. I'll give you some of the numbers. We'll compare them to last year and see exactly what's going on there. And is there a fix? Or is it as simple as maybe missing some of the guys? It's going to be a little more complicated than I think people are expecting. So let's do this in the holiday edition of Locked on Pelicans. Now, before we begin the podcast, huge shout out to the Saints, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Who dat, as my girlfriend yells. Um, we're excited here, as is all of New Orleans. If you've seen some of the videos, it's pretty wild, the celebrating in the street to all the music and everything. A lot of fun. So at least one sports team is going well here in New Orleans, because the other, not so much. Friday after all of the lead up to it, which had nothing to do with the game, the Pelicans took on the Los Angeles Lakers. I know all Pelicans fans would have loved nothing more than to just blow the doors off of that Lakers team. Didn't happen, though, as the Pelicans fell 112-104 in Los Angeles, falling to 15-18 and after that loss. It was an interesting one because you figured they were really going to focus on the Anthony Davis to Lakers rumors, which are which we'll touch on in the third segment here. But they're more legitimate, I think, than people want to believe, maybe. But uh, for a a certain perspective, and again, I'll explain when we get to that. But 112-104, if you watch this one without the sound on or with the radio or some other type of broadcast, I don't blame you. But you know what? Doris Burke was on the call for this one, mentioned the Anthony Davis to the Lakers thing once, and then just focused on basketball and was awesome as usual. You missed out, actually, if you didn't listen. Now, for the on-court stuff, Stuff, not so great. Anthony Davis, though, in 40 minutes was excellent. 30 points, 20 rebounds, and five assists on just one turnover. He was 12 of 23 from the field. That is a pretty damn good night. Drew Holiday was also excellent. 18 points, 10 assists, six rebounds. You would have liked to have seen him shoot from three a little bit better, two of seven there. On the whole, the team shot eight of 27 from deep, but pretty good night overall from him. Julius Randle chipped in with 21 points, eight boards as well, and they did some work. Unfortunately, the rest of the Pelicans really did not. Darius Miller was maybe the one bright spot outside of 
those three guys. 11 points, he was 3 of 7 from deep, 4 of 10 overall from the field in kind of 30, 32 minutes there. And then the rest of the team was pretty abysmal. Solomon Hill in about 15 minutes of play, 2 points. Tim Frazier in his starting role, 12 minutes, 2 points. You had Jaleel Okafor at one night, or not one night, one game after a pretty good performance. Maybe wasn't used enough, only 13 minutes, 8 points and 5 boards. He looks really good, particularly leading that bench unit. And you saw him out there with Anthony Davis and their minutes were good. Down the stretch in this one, he was on the bench. I get they're really worried about his defense, but what he gives you is such a positive. It allows Anthony Davis to play the four, his preferred position at power forward. Maybe you need to be seeing him just a little bit more because Randall is kind of killing this team in crunch time. So that was maybe one of the mistakes in this one. But again, eight points and five boards. You're seeing some very nice production from him. Each one more, 32 minutes on the night, 10 points. You're like, okay, that's not terrible. And then you look at his shooting. He was four of 18 from the field. He was missing everything. Wide open shots, bunnies in the lane, his floater, everything like that. He just could not hit anything. When you look at this, you know, the starters kind of in your big guys here in Davis, Holiday, and Randall really gave you what you needed and just no one else stepped up. Contrast that to the Lakers where LeBron James put up a triple-double, 22 points, 14 assists, 12 rebounds. He was excellent on the night. Kyle Kuzma, 23 points. You have um, Brandon Ingram in the starting lineup playing that two-guard position, 18 points. Lonzo Ball is a starter, 12 points. You get guys in double figures all over the place. And then Zubic, who is a kind of spot starter there because Tyson Chandler was out, and then they've been without JaVale McGee, who's been sick, comes up with 16 points on the night and 11 boards. That kind of tells you how the Pelicans' night was going. You know, they, they just didn't have the firepower in this one. This is a game where missing Alfred Payton and, and Nikola Mirotic really hurts. You know, maybe you can get by if some of those guys are in the lineup and they're taking some of the shots away from more some of these other players. But you just didn't have kind of the horses to carry through the finish line in this one. Bit disappointing, particularly after the week of talk where maybe a win over that team would have quieted things down just a little bit. But unfortunately, it was not meant to be Friday night in the Staples Center. Where it was meant to be, as mentioned earlier, was in the Superdome Sunday night, though, as the Saints got the win. The road to the Super Bowl in the NFC goes through New Orleans. And if you want to know all about that, how they are going to make life difficult for opponents, who they're going to be resting next week, everything and everything Saints related, you've got to tune in to Locked on Saints, hosted by Ross Jackson. Get it wherever you get your podcast from. Monday through Friday, they're going to carry you through the playoffs and hopefully to another Super Bowl win. So make sure you listen and subscribe to Locked on Saints. So Sunday night, there was another game with a New Orleans team, and that was the Pelicans taking on the Sacramento Kings, the surprisingly good Sacramento Kings going into this one, 17 and 15, no longer the laughing stock of the NBA. And after just the week's worth of stuff with Anthony Davis and the game where they did lose to the Lakers, this team needed a really good start and a really good game. They got part of that. They got the good start as New Orleans raced out to a 36-25 lead where they led by as many as 17 points in the first quarter. Actually, I think they ballooned it to 19 um, in the first quarter. It was a pretty dominant effort from this team. Things look good. Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday all playing very well. And then slowly but surely in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter, 
things started to really fall apart. We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, Anthony Davis, 26 points on the night, 17 rebounds in 40 minutes of action. Drew Holiday was excellent, particularly in the second quarter. 27 points, 6 assists, 7 rebounds in the second quarter without Anthony Davis on the court for his rest. Drew Holiday just became ultra-aggressive and assertive. He was driving and getting to the rim Throwing down dunks and scoring layups, not being stopped whatsoever. If you ever wanted to see what a team led by Drew Holiday could look like, that second quarter is a very good place to take a peek. You've got Julius Randle in 30 minutes of action, 18 points, 9 rebounds, but 4 turnovers. A couple of those were particularly bad too. Just really lazy passes that he made that turned into easy fast break points and opportunities for the Kings. The Kings like to run. And they did. 24 fast break points in this one. 17 second chance points. They only put up, though, 50 points in the paint because they were shooting well overall at times. And they got enough three-pointers to really bury the Pelicans. Led by, of course, Buddy Heald, the former Pelican who went over there in the trade for DeMarcus Cousins, who now looks like an excellent player. Took 18 shots on the night. Made 11 of them with 6 of 11 from 3. 28 points on the night to go along with 6 Rebounds. Willie Colley signed the center, was scoring at well at times out there too. 22 points for him. They had Bogdan um, Bogdanovich put up 24 off the bench. De'Aaron Fox is the absolute truth and a superstar in the making. He's really fun to watch play. 19 points for him. Got to the line 11 times to go along with 11 assists. They look good. Uh, Shumpert put up 10 points too. It was a good overall team effort from the Kings. So the Pelicans late in the game really, really struggled. We've talked about this, and I said to you guys earlier on in the podcast here, we'll talk about this on the next one that we do. Fourth quarter woes for New Orleans. They were outscored 36-21. The game just got away from them. This team is very easy to defend in the fourth quarter because you can just double Anthony Davis, and if other guys beat you, other guys beat you, and you'll live with that. But right now, those guys aren't beating you. Anthony Davis, one of five from the field in the fourth quarter. Only five shots. He needs to get more than that. We'll touch on that in a second for three total points. Um, And it was basically a three made with 15 seconds remaining. He was basically 0 for 4 from the field in the fourth quarter. He's your best player. You know, look, he, he requires guys to to get him the ball. And, you know, he, as, as Alvin Gentry said, doesn't want to take a bad shot. But at a certain point, maybe those bad shots are going to be better than whatever the hell else the other team is giving you. Darius Miller was one for three in the quarter. Julius Randle was three of six, scored seven points at least. Drew Holiday was one of four. Tim Frazier, 0 for 1, each one more, 1 of 2. Jaleel Okafor in only a minute 30 of action, 1 of 1. Solomon Hill, 0 for 1. AD's got to take the ball, and they've got to figure this out. It's not right. I get it. He's getting doubled. There's no spacing for him. But this is on the coaching staff and the team to still figure the fuck out. It's kind of as simple as that. What they're doing right now isn't working, isn't acceptable. These guys aren't going to make shots. The teams are found a very easy way, and it started with the Miami Heat game on how to defend this Pelicans team. And I said, you know, if you can't figure out a way to get Anthony Davis the ball or do some of these other things... There's a clear blueprint on how to completely grind this team to a halt and shut them down. And we're seeing it happen. And it happened against the Lakers. It happened in this one. It's happened in all of these games. And this just can't be what you want. And if you're going to keep doing the same thing you're doing, it's going to lead to these same results. 
You go back to the Kings in the fourth quarter. Buddy Heald, eight points. De'Aaron Fox, nine points. Bogdan Bogdanovich, nine points. You have guys who can score and you can figure it out, and they're not only doing it with three-pointers, though a lot of it is that. Pelicans shot two for six from three in the fourth quarter. They shot just horribly on the night overall. This this isn't working right now, and it's not as simple as adding Alfred Payton or Nikola Mirotic back into the mix. When the Pelicans are 6 for 26 on the night from 3, your spacing is going to get killed. I didn't think 3-point shooting was going to be a huge issue for this team. I was wrong. They need to kind of figure this out because they're really, again, we're going to talk about it in the next segment. The clock's kind of ticking here, as I think everyone's really feeling, and the Pelicans aren't doing anything to extend that or make you feel kind of confident in this. So, you know, disappointing end of the game for the Pelicans. Just kind of ran out of gas. Don't really have an answer for what to do when Anthony Davis is double teamed, as he's been getting pretty frequently. So something's got to change. Hopefully they can figure this out. Um, They got a game the day after Christmas on the 26th. They're going to certainly need that because um, things aren't getting any easier for this Pelicans team. I'm going to say it again. Make sure you listen and subscribe to Locked on Saints. This team is looking like they're going to maybe go to the Super Bowl. They are the number one seed with a week left to play in the NFC. You want to know what's going on with this team. And the best place to do that is with five podcasts every single week over on Locked on Saints. So please make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked on Saints podcast. All right, the Anthony Davis segment, a couple new developments in stuff with this that we do need to talk about. We talked about it a lot on Friday with Scott Kushner, beat writer for the New Orleans Advocate, covering the Pelicans, good friend of mine, good friend of the show here. And a couple things right before the game started to come out, and it was from Sam Amick of The Athletic, a guy I think very highly of. I actually recorded the Locked on NBA podcast with him last week um, on Wednesday, if you want to get kind of a sense of how good he is. He's excellent on that podcast, by the way. He came out saying, according to his sources and people he's talked to, that Anthony Davis doesn't really care about the Supermax. And we'll break down the actual numbers, because we can spend some time doing that, I think, next week as well, where we look at the difference between what another team can offer him what another team with bird rights can offer him and what the pelicans can offer him on the supermax we can really break it down to see what the difference in the money is but it came out and basically anthony day according to sam amick anthony davis isn't worried about the supermax and the extra money he's more important he's more worried about his legacy and winning you guys have known for all three years i've done this podcast that I've talked about how hyper aware of his legacy he is. I've said it on TV. I've said it on here. I've said it on the radio. He wants to win and he wants to leave that legacy, not just a legacy in New Orleans, but a legacy is one of the greatest players of all time. And you have to win titles to do it. It's really as simple as that. And he needs those titles if he wants it. So he's looking to win titles and sustainably win titles, a situation maybe like what the Warriors have, something like that. I don't think he's worried about being called you know, a cupcake like Kevin Durant is or it, that it would be a cop-out to go somewhere else. I think he's really just focused on winning. And when you kind of time things right and look at how his free agency could go, that money can easily be recouped, not just in you know uh, being in, say, a bigger market and getting the endorsements, but with other contracts and how taking shorter deals and then signing other ones. There's ways for him if you think he's if he thinks he's healthy. And certainly, you know, we we all sent, tend to say he shed the injury prone label, right? We all think that and we all say that out loud. So if we're saying that he probably really believes it and if he is taking shorter deals and not taking the supermax is just fine because he can get 
uh, to, you know, that money back and it's no big deal. So this is no surprise and it kind of jives with what I've heard from a number of other people and people kind of around him as well. Wants to win. It's as simple as that. After the game, Anthony Davis came out and said, he goes, yeah, if it comes to money or legacy, I'm picking legacy every time. Not just a, an unsourced thing from Sam Amick, but the actual player himself saying this. I've seen people say, well, what superstar doesn't say uh, that they want the legacy over money and who uh, would ever say I'll take the money over the legacy? Look, if you're going to selectively choose what to believe Anthony Davis say or not to kind of make you feel better or fit the narratives you want, that's fine. I'm going to go by and take him by his word. And if we say, if he says that, we're going to believe him because that's what he's saying. And I'm not going to call him a liar, try and question it. I don't care about other situations. This isn't really nearly the same thing as Paul George. So I think this is really kind of what he feels. I think it's not necessarily saying I want to leave the Pelicans, but it's a clear shot at the Pelicans that they need to do something. You can look at that Sam Amick report on The Athletic um, talking about this, and you can say, well, and I've had a couple of people say this to me, that his source is someone with Clutch Sports, so you know it's kind of one-sided. Clutch Sports is his agent. Rich Paul is his agent. They know Anthony Davis. They talk to him, and they're probably the closest to this situation out of anybody. If Clutch Sports is putting this out there, it's probably because Anthony Davis wants it out there. They're not going to do anything that he doesn't want done. That makes zero sense that they're going to try and push their client into doing something that he doesn't want to do. If he wants to stay in New Orleans, he will freaking stay in New Orleans. And the way I've been told, and as Scott Kushner said it on the podcast, is he's hoping the Pelicans give him an excuse to sign here and a reason to sign here. And now with a couple of these losses, you got to wonder if it really is there. And that's what it is. If it comes down to in a hypothetical scenario here of winning a title in New Orleans versus winning a title with the Lakers, he's going to pick winning the titles in New Orleans every single time over winning the titles in L.A. But if that if he's not going to win titles here and he's going to win titles somewhere else or has a better chance at winning titles somewhere else, yeah, it's probably that he's going to be gone. Again, I don't think he has an amp, his, it made up in his mind yet what he wants to do, but I don't think the numbers are anything kind of surprising and, or sorry, the, the numbers are anything that necessarily sways him here when he's looking at kind of a much bigger picture. You know, different players are motivated by different things. We very clearly see what motivates Anthony Davis. So it's been kind of unfun. I think this will also quiet down a little bit more over the next couple of days now that they're not playing the Lakers. So if this is bugging you, you can catch a break from it. But if it bugs you, as I said, just tune it out. Don't pay attention. If you're upset with the Pelicans because they're losing, don't watch. They'll be here. The podcast is still here. If you just want to tune in that way too and catch up on what you need to know. But the threat of losing AD is very, very real. And I don't think there's any percentages on it or anything else, you know, right now that you'd feel comfortable doing. But this isn't good. And the Pelicans need to win. It's as simple as that. And they're not. And they need to figure this out, yet they're doing kind of the same thing over and over and over again, and that's not necessarily going to lead to a better situation. So, unfun week here in New Orleans, the losses with the talk of AD and kind of maybe a lot of people realizing for the first time that this isn't going well. And hopefully the Pelicans can figure it out. We know they're working the phones. We know they're trying to make deals. They try to get Jimmy Butler in. But certainly things aren't going too well right now for the Pelicans. 
So yeah, downer podcast today. We kind of needed to get some of this stuff said and out there. Unfortunately, also recapping two losses really sucks. But the stuff with AD is just going to be there until this team starts winning. And there's still time. They're not losing a ton of ground here in the Western Conference. But their play isn't exactly inspiring a lot of confidence that this is an easy fix or an easy turnaround either. As I said, there'll be some more podcasts this week. We'll look at the actual contract numbers from AD so you kind of understand what the Pelicans can offer him. If he just goes into free agency as an unrestricted free agent with no bird rights, what can another team offer him? Or if they're tr- if he's traded, what can another team offer him with the bird rights? And you can kind of see the difference in the numbers there. Maybe why we shouldn't rely on that supermax to keep him here nearly as much as maybe we were hoping for. Also, we'll look at the clutch numbers too. Anthony Davis and the rest of the team in the fourth quarter compared to last year, because certainly I think this is a pretty rough situation for the Pelicans, but maybe one that they can kind of overcome the clutch numbers we've been told by smart people are kind of noisy and random and it's not like this team's bad in the clutch versus being good in the clutch all things considered but maybe they just don't have the guys in the clutch to really carry them through so thank you for listening as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter enjoy your holidays whatever you're celebrating maybe no podcast tomorrow not sure yet i don't think you guys are going to listen to that anyway but certainly the day after and we'll dive into some of the topics that i've talked about on here so again enjoy yourselves i'll be with you all next time